This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Sexy. It's just Burbank today. This is the three things in the Napsack Files podcast feed. Me, you, three things on my mind. The last time we did this, it was episode 42, which meant we had a good conversation about Douglas Adams and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I want to thank you all who came on out to the Millennium Pro Wrestling event on September 6th, sold some books. Some wares, if you will, but also saw some great fun wrestling action. Millennium Pro Wrestling has been my home fed, uh, visiting my only fed since 2001, off and on. And it's good to have them back up and running, the whole crew out there. I'll be at some more shows. So if you're local, love wrestling, or just want to get a new form of Friday night entertainment that's cheaper than a movie, and there's Reese's peanut butter cups for sale, come on out. All right, what's on my mind? This is how the show works. Sit down, crack open to the mic. And I was almost going to say crack, crack open a beer, but uh, there's no beer around me and I don't drink beer. That, that would have been weird. Crack open the mic and what's on my mind. I'll tell you what, the number three thing on my mind today is disappointment. I, I've talked a lot over the years about depression and sadness, all those things. But what about just plain old disappointment? That's the sound of disappointment. It's so funny because disappointment is one that I think is easy to brush off. Buck up, pirate. Come on, sailor. Get yourself back out there. And that's true. That's a good answer for a lot of things. But what about when something you want to work out just doesn't work out? No fault of yours. No fault of anyone else. No fault of God, Iron Man, or anyone. It just doesn't work out, and the disappointment of that hangs over your head, and it can eat you up. And I think it gets you into a bad mindset, and that's where I am a lot lately. I love being honest, but I also love hiding things. <laughs> going into it. But lately, man, I've been feeling really just down and out, and it is not depression. Because my life's pretty darn good. And perspective is really just racing around my head. I'm okay. I just things aren't working out creatively, project-wise, work-wise, professionally for me. And that just feels disappointing. And then you, I think the first thing you do is you start doing the contrast and compare to those around you. Those you look up to. Those you look down to. When they start passing you up, that feeds into the disappointment. And it becomes this murky 
very murky water of uh, vengeance and jealousy. Instead of actually focusing on just the issue at hand, I think, which is disappointment when things don't work out. They're not going to work out. And yeah, again, buck up, pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to put a lid on that, and I, I hope you all can understand. And how do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? Again, not depression. Not depression. Disappointment. That slumping of the shoulders. Oh, well, that didn't go the way I wanted. And look, often in life, nothing does. And I always say, you look back. You look back and you go, ah, I didn't do that. That didn't happen. And I ended up here. It's happened in a lot of ways. I was thinking this week, over on the Patreon page, we uh, you can connect to the Discord server. My Discord server is, is closed to the public because I like the tight-knit group. Uh, good people over there, uh, good conversations. And I posted something the other day, and I didn't really get to explain it, but like, have you ever looked back and gone like, wow, if I had gone this way, made that choice, what would have happened? And that's uh, sometimes fun to do, right? You can do a what if on your on your own life, the butterfly effect in your own past. But I just, I, I, I just had to stop. And I was just thinking about some things of how I reacted. There's some, there were some choices that I was specifically thinking of, of like even day job moves. And that that is not that doesn't tie into disappointment. But I, I was once offered right after Hurricane Katrina, within a few months, I was offered by my company to go out to New Orleans, and they just got all the security contracts to the uh, bunch of malls in New Orleans that were damaged in the earthquake, uh, earthquake in the uh, hurricane, and uh, the mall and security staff basically abandoned the, the mall the, the facilities, which. It's not a finger point. That there's just chaos going on out there. So the mall ownership called had called our security company, which we worked with them in the West region mostly. And this is what the Central region. They're like, hey, you guys need want to help. So uh, all of our bosses, who are all like retired cops and, and ex SWAT guys, actually, uh, literally loaded up a truck, a trailer, with guns, ammo, food, sleeping bags piled in some pickup trucks and cars and, and took the tent on out to New Orleans. And in, and, and they held down the fort uh, from a lot of the looting, and, and it was tough. They said it was not a, not a great time out there. It was it was bad, bad, bad state of affairs. But after that, long story short, the, 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 the mall ownership uh, rewarded them all the contracts. So I was taken out to lunch by one of my superiors, and he sat down, and, and he said to me, how about you go out there? Uh, to New Orleans and reestablish things, get our, our our department off and running. And I know you want to do stand-up and write, but you can go out there and you can find some clubs out there. You can pursue it out there and uh, be a be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. And you're fighting out here in Hollywood. You try to do that pitch. And, and it, was, it, was a, it was a great offer, but I didn't do it. I, I thought about it. I thought about it. There's, uh, you know... Something about heading out on the road that's and starting anew that's that's interesting. It's appealing. I think we all have that. What if I packed up and headed on out? Great song by uh, Butterfly Boucher from uh, over ten years ago now. About another white dash, another white dash. Talking about the the lines on the road speeding, becoming dashes as you you go. And there's something free about having everything you need in the seat next to you and heading on out and and. I've never truly experienced that, you know, uh, moving to L.A. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think spiritually uh, uh, and figuratively I've experienced that. So 
and there was an appeal to it, especially at that point in my life. Things weren't going well, career-wise. Uh, disappointment all around. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So recently, I, was, I just this week, I was thinking about, like, what if I had gone to New Orleans? Now, I found out later on uh, the conditions didn't improve, and we all know the conditions of uh, post-Katrina are horrible and, and, and various reasons why. We can dive into that. But uh, the guy who did take the job slept in his office for, like, six months. <laughs> That's how bad it was. So, you know, glad I didn't do that. But you always have to wonder. And choices. Well, what also what that led to was me thinking about how I have dealt with disappointment and not even failures. Again, I, I fail. We all fail. We all get depressed. We all get sad. But what about that plain and simple disappointment? I think as much as depression has dominated my life, sadness, self-loathing, self-doubt, and all those factor into one another, one another, right? They all feed in. Um. I think how I've handled disappointment has been a bigger hindrance to any success at any point in my life. It's easy to get down. It's easy to go, well, that didn't work out right. <laughs> and following some, you know, my, my change in career path uh, from sketch comedy and improv in 2002, which that didn't go my direction, and I just buried my head uh, in the sand and lost a lot of time, lost a lot of drive, and became depressed. And so I often look back, and, and this is where I really was thinking about this week. I, I often look back and and think, wow, man, I, that depression really took me under there. Uh, that's what happened. And that's what came out of it. But it was being disappointed and not being able to adapt to it and move on and change. And, I, and there's other parts of my life where I'm like, all right, well, that didn't work. It didn't happen, and we move on. It's easier said than done, and it's case-by-case basis the way I love to live life. Case-by-case. It's the only common-sense approach you can have. Some of the other other career failures I've had uh, or uh, struggles I've had is various reasons, but there's been a few that disappointment has led to the problems, and that's what's on my mind is how do we all come back when things don't go your way. I don't have any insight on it. I'm going through it right now. A couple things, a couple things I've worked on really hard for the last year, one, one specifically. Uh, it's out and about, and those who love it, love it, but it's done, <laughs> and it didn't do much, and uh, it wasn't the life raft I thought it was going to be. Maybe it never was supposed to be, and, and I'll learn that later on. I totally believe in that, looking positive and looking back. But I got to pick myself up from that, and I and I'm going to. And there's a lot of you listening out there who are probably in situations looking around your room. Maybe it's a new house and a new city, or a new job, or you don't have a job, or relationship status has changed, and something's gone wrong. And it's just it's not even sad. It's not making you angry. You're at the point of just disappointed. It didn't work out, and how could it not after all you put into it and all you wanted? We all want things to work, right? And it's not always the way it's going to go. God's answer is not always going to be yes. Sometimes it's no. So I don't have that answer. I don't have an end to the point, a point to the end, a final step on this journey. I'm reaching out to you. I'd love to hear your stories. If you're on the Discord server, let's talk about it. If you're just out in the public, 
Use hashtag knapsack files, the knapsack files, and we'll, we'll join this conversation. I'd love to hear. Or send me an email, man. Send me a Facebook message. Maybe you're going through disappointment. How can we work through it? And how have you gone through it? Because it's I can manage depression. I love fighting depression. There's days today, at the time of this recording. I'm recording kind of late in the day on a Tuesday for a, a Wednesday morning release. There's about two, three hours today. I was like, yeah, let's just bury our head in this couch. Never get up. Never go outside again. Give up all my hopes and dreams. I'm horrible. I can't do anything. I'm depressed. And, and that's, that's fair. I'll tell you what. I, I, I went to the store. I was like, let me run some errands and get out of this. I was very proud of myself. As the depression kicked in, because probably I've been focused on disappointment, I passed Ben and Jerry's several selections at the store, and I stopped. I looked at all the flavors. Those little pints or the half quarts, I don't care. The little traditional size Ben and Jerry's. I looked at all the flavors. Americone Dream, Cherry Garcia, Fish Food, some ones I haven't even seen or heard of. Strawberry cheesecake one that I love. Oh, my God. It's like James Coburn and Young Guns 2. Oh, my God. Bunch of Billy Bastards. Um, And I literally started to reach for the door to open up and pick myself a depression ice cream. It's like, I've earned this. I'm in the dumps. The only way out is ice cream. And look, if that happens and you do actually get one in your hands and you're listening and you, you feel bad about that, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Enjoy the ice cream. Enjoy the ice cream. Uh, on this particular occasion, though, I was quite proud of myself. The depression didn't win in this moment. It might win the next hour, the next minute, but in that moment, I did not grab the Ben & Jerry's ice cream. What flavor was I going to grab? You'll never know. Because if I get it on my head and I reveal that answer, I'll race, race out again. I'll walk around the corner to a 7-Eleven pick one up. Uh, I didn't do it. I felt bad. I felt, I felt good. I felt good and, and uh, feeling a little better now. So I can conquer depression. I just got to get past the disappointment. It has buried me time and time again. Let me do this. Let me take this risk. Let me invest this money in these things to sell this or write that or create that. And it didn't work. And it can be a pattern. Then you get locked into that. Now, I approach a lot of things with, well, all right, this isn't going to work, but we'll give it a go. And that's not the right way. I do believe in that. I do believe how you approach. We, we talk all the time about focus, determine your reality here. And on Force Center, it's a Qui-Gon, June, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn quote. Um, man, um, you got to focus. You got to choose the right way. That's all. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get through this disappointment. How are you going to do it? Let's talk. That's been on my mind. The number two thing on my mind is baseball, right? More specifically, sports. More specifically, sports. I just started writing a column for Flag Sports. You can go to the website. It's a little baseball column. I've been doing it weekly on Mondays. Might write some other stuff over the course of time. But right now, weekly column inspired by uh, the great Peter King. does a football column for uh, CNNSI. 
uh, Monday morning quarterback, been going for years. Um, been reading, even when I don't follow football as close and I'm not following as close, uh, lately. Um, I'll read it. I just love it. It's simple sections, it's rankings, it's quotes, it's all those kind of things. So I'm doing a similar thing with baseball and it's been fun. I want, I want to do want to thank, uh, 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 the folks at Flag Sports and uh, my pal Brad Gilmore for hooking me up with the gig, uh, recommending me. And I almost turned it down. Almost turned it down. He wrote me and I said, ooh, I don't really watch baseball as much as I do. I know, yeah, I you can't do it. And uh, he, he, he okay, okay. And the next morning I woke up and I was in the shower. I was like, are you kidding me? I was just offered a little, little cool little gig. And all I had to do, all I have to do is watch more of the sport that I love, that I used to watch, like, religiously. Yeah. We're going to move forward with this. So I did. I started. It's a lot of fun. And it, it got me thinking about sports again. I am a big sports guy. And just, if you followed me in the last four or five years, which is pretty much the, the entire run of my digital media career, you'd be like, oh, that's, a lot of you know I'm a Yankee fan, Dolphin fan. I talk about it. I make the sports references. I think people know that. Listen to the afternoons of Josh and Ken. That's present, but I, yeah, you you don't know how I was one of those guys <laughs> driving to work, listening to uh, you know Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, local radio sports guys, uh, uh, watching every night. I couldn't miss Sports Center. Uh, yeah, anytime a Yankee game was on national TV, I was watching. You know, back in the days before you could just you know buy a Yankee Channel subscription or something. Um, Dolphin game too. I, I remember one time there were like 2000 worlds. I know I angered my roommates cause we only had one TV and I watched like every inning of the world series and the play, Yankee playoff run in 2000. And then like on the one night that there wasn't baseball, I watched the dolphin jet Monday night game. <laughs> I just remember that kind of were like, okay, they, they, they were not as big sports fans as me. Some of them were, but not as much. And, and, you know, that's the kind of fan I was. And it all kind of went away. I got tired of the talking. I got tired of the experts. I got tired of the people writing baseball columns. And now here I am doing it. And football, too. I remember I used to be the wake up at 8 a.m., watch all the pregame uh, shows and football come on at 10 and then watch till, you know, the end of the Sunday night game and then watch all the highlights. I, I used to do that. Uh, time, responsibilities uh, definitely changed that. But I started to pull off because I just I couldn't take the talking, the pregames. So just show me the game. And then I couldn't take the reactions and the fans and people took it too seriously. And and it just wasn't a fun conversation to be a part of. And and perspective, you know, and I, I it's not fair to throw perspective at sports or the love of sports too much. Um you know, your team lost the World Series. You're alive. Big deal. Yeah, that's there. But if you're into it and you're feeling passionate, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And I just loved it. But I pull off of it. And, and by no coincidence, the digital media world sprung up for me. Podcasts, movies. I was doing the movie news on the schmoes and everything. And I, I actually, there's a, I love movies. I went to Phelps School. I did it. I used to, I, li- I still like going to theaters. Just on a Monday at 1 o'clock. Um, all that stuff. Was, but, so it wasn't, wasn't a let me learn this to to get a career off this. Let me fake it till I make it. No, I was a movie fan. It was there. And so as that sprung up and I had to pay more attention to that, I paid less attention to baseball and sports in general. I just drifted off. And again, some of that you're going to find if you're young, say you're like 23, you're listening right now and you're a, 
you know, Milwaukee Brewer fan and you've got everyone on their roster memorized and every stat and every moment on the stuff. That's great. You might keep it like that. I have some friends in their forties, early fifties now who are like that, but also life just takes over. And I don't know the Yankee starting lineup right now. You know, I will have been following a little close the last couple of weeks, but last couple of years, three seasons ago, someone was like, who's, who's your favorite Yankee right now? And I'm like, I pff, babe Ruth. I don't know. Um, it's a weird feeling. You start to feel you let yourself down. But I, I was happy to walk away from the sports world. Really was happy to walk away from the conversations, uh, the, the attention paid to it. And I was in the, the movie news side, the nerd side, the geekdom side. This is my other side I always had. And I, I, I did always have that side growing up. I was always kind of stuck between two worlds. But I got into, got into that. And now what is, what is kind of happening is over the last couple of weeks, even before this this gig popped up, I just, I just started feeling like I I don't I'm not I don't want to be in this geek world anymore, I, and I'm not you know I'm not forsaking Star Wars or Game of Thrones. No, no, that's specific stuff that I love. Believe me, I've been talking about Star Wars till they put me in the ground. Game of Thrones too, Song of Ice and Fire, all that stuff. No, I, I I'm not saying just like I never turned my back on sports completely. I just wasn't as invested. But it is the conversations around the fandoms. It is, the, it, is, it is the way it's approached, the way people are tossed out, the way big deals are made of small things, and everyone's an expert. That what, that's what kind of turned me off at sports is everyone's an expert. I, I write from the point of view from a fan. I, this baseball column I got going on Flag Sports is me as a fan. It's not me as an expert. I can't be. I'm very knowledgeable about baseball. can coach a good game. Can't play anymore and never could but i'm not an expert i'm a more of an expert on some of the geek stuff but i'm not in those rooms they're not making those movies i don't know the deal and just everyone's got an opinion and uh, that's uh, twitter and everything and it's so weird out of the blue suddenly i'm finding myself walking away from that nerd world that I wanted so much to be. And I remember when I started hanging out with a lot of my friends, and by the way, still friends of mine, I felt so into that world and so happy to like, oh my God, I, I, I've been waiting to have this conversation about Star Wars with someone that I haven't had at my old job and with my sports friends and everything. And again, you, you shouldn't separate the two. We've talked about it before here. It's the same muscle. So my friend Tim Powers always says, Rooting for Batman and Derek Jeter is the same. They're both mythical figures that you're never going to be, but you want to be. And I hate the term sports ball, and, and I hate I hate the, the insults that are lobbed from the nerd community at the sports community, and vice versa, but it's just something that just bothers me a little bit. The anti-sports ball nerd crowd. I, that I get it. You were picked picked on in high school, and but you got it. You got to register your opinion about how much you hate sports. Got it. Got it. I feel sorry for people that don't get into sports. It doesn't mean you have to, and I'm not saying it as kind of a snarky smugness. I'm just like I actually feel sorry. There is so much great joy in sports and athletics and competition, which does lead to things like disappointment and how to get through it. There's a lot of lessons that you learn in a single at-bat while playing baseball. Patience, discipline, overcoming mistakes, failure, 
anger, disappointment, things you can't control like an umpire. It's just one at bat. And then the victories and working together and working toward. There's so much in sports. That's why I think it's ingrained in a lot of us all around the world. And people who are competitive, you know, you've heard me recently talk about the, the dart game that my roommates and I created, Ruckus, where we're throwing darts at lemons and Nerf footballs. and everything. It, it came out of, uh, let's, let's turn this into a game. Not because we're some these super alpha male, four-by-four truck driving kind of ter- stereotypical like, competition. No, just the spirit of like, let's, yeah, let's work at this. Let's get better. Let's have fun with this. Ah, I love it so much. Last week, this kid, Aaron Barrett, pitcher for the Nationals, pitched an inning. and It's his first inning in the majors since 2015. Because in early 2016, he pitched two years for the Nationals relief pitcher. Uh, 2016, early, he breaks a bone. It's a bad injury. Throwing a pitch in and it just breaks. It's bad. And all indications were his career was done, but he didn't give up. Last pitch thrown, I believe, was in August of 2015, and he returns in September of 2019, and it was an emotional moment, and he's crying. Everyone, even the, the visitor, he's, he was a visiting team, and the home crowd there for the Braves are just like, they're cheering him on too, and it's this powerful, powerful moment. Pure human emotion. And it's not like going to watch a movie doesn't have that, or playing D&D doesn't have that. No, it's all there. It's all the same. That's why I don't like the scorn thrown back on the geek world, which again, four decades was. I got it. I got it. I was a bullied nerd kid too. But I was a bullied nerd kid that found sports and found some confidence in that. It's all there. It's all important. My favorite sports moment of all time is that... uh, British uh, uh, track and field uh, runner who uh, 93 was the 93 Olympics, 92 Olympics. Um, yeah, 92 Barcelona, uh, I think. Right. Uh, he uh, pulls a hamstring or pulls a muscle uh, running and his father uh, and he's limping. He doesn't give up. And his father runs out of the crowd, pushes past security and, and lifts his son up, puts his, uh, you know, puts his uh, arm around him and, and his son limps while his father holds him, and they, they go to the finish line. I can't watch that clip without bawling my eyes out. If I was to bring it up right now while I was recording, I'd start sniffling like crazy. And it's everything. It's sports. It's competition. It's, it's, it's overcoming everything. and It's connection. And it's accomplishment. And that accomplishment isn't always what you wanted but it's what you can still get. Ah, there's another way to look at disappointment, right? So that's all there, and that passion's all there, and it's starting to creep back in. I'll find the balance. And I don't want anyone out there who you know, feels like you can't tweet me at Star Wars. No, it's just... I'm watching the geek world become what the sports world was, and, and the pro wrestling world was, where there's no longer the joy of watching it. There's a feeling that you need to know more than the next person. And that's dangerous. It's just not fun. So that said, let's talk baseball. Go read that column. If you want over in flag sports, we're going to take a quick break here on the three things on the other side of the break. Um, The number one thing on my mind, and we'll see you later after that. All right. 
You can stick around for that. Good. Thanks. See you in a bit. things here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Thanks for sticking around after the break. Thanks for understanding that I need the breaks to keep the lights on. All right. What's the number one thing on my mind? Well, this is, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an anniversary that uh, this episode's being released on. That's not a great one. It's an important one. It's a powerful one. It's a, it's a, it's a big reminder. And that's the, what is now, what, God, the 18th year anniversary of uh, 9-11. 9-11 attacks. And, man, that, uh, that blows my mind in so many ways. And we talked a lot in the previous uh, segment uh, about disappointment and perspective. And uh, here's some perspective. And sometimes that's a cure for a lot of what ails us. Uh, just pulling back and, and, and going there. I, I I cannot believe, because it feels as though my own life was divided in many lives. Uh, divided in, in two halves. Pre and post. Because the world certainly changed. And the world has gotten a lot crazier afterwards. Uh, it, it was crazy before. It's not that I that. But I just go back to that morning and relive it over and over and over. It's it's something that I, I've mentioned before on other shows. I get oddly obsessed with it and don't know why. Don't know why. It is truly something that's burned on my brain forever and burned on a lot of your brains. And some of you listening may have lost people you know. I, I know a few people that lost some people. And uh, in the towers, in uh, some planes, Pentagon, I, I, yeah. It's so weird. It's so, you know, there's no words to describe it, right? And I can't, have not experienced it that directly. But I can relive that moment and just the feeling and the time and just staring in disbelief at the TV and thinking that none of this is real. None of this is real, which is why sometimes that feeling can persist. And I, I, I think maybe that's why I personally say sometimes... I use the term obsessed. It's not like I have. Let me watch it. But just like I relived the moment a lot. I watched news footage and just that real time news footage. Listen to the, the Howard Stern broadcaster that morning uh, when it happened. And and the doubt. Oh, it's a small plane. Oh, some jokes. Oh, this is. Oh, this is serious because that's what happened in my home, too. My roommates and I trying to process it and, and everything. Um. And because this Three Things episode is released on this day, I just, it's on my mind. I can't see that date and be, wake up on that day, 9-11, whatever year it is, and not think about it. I watch often the, the French Brothers documentary on 9-11, which they were inside the towers. And it's, you can't turn away. You can't turn away. And it's important to remember, not for any specific ideology or reason, I think you can grab the event and put it into your own little bucket of beliefs. 
uh, and it's understandable. Uh, it can be used. Um, I just, I just don't want what I what I say. Remember, and again, and I hate too. And I'll, I, I don't like. There's a you know, uh, the hat. You know, never forget. It becomes a punchline for other people. That drives me crazy too. It's not even a side of any kind of political conversation, but it just I've seen some of the oh hashtag never forget. Now look, a joke in June uh, about uh, never forget the day you dropped your frozen yogurt on the you know sidewalk. I I'm there for that too. I'm a comic. Like let's do it. Let's have some fun. But um, and I said on a recent episode uh, uh, of another show that I was like, I, I me and my roommates just sat around cracking jokes the morning of nine eleven, watching this towers. Because we didn't know what else to do. It was the only way we could process it. It just was stunning. Beyond belief. And so you're going to make your gallows humorous jokes. And um, yeah, I think it's important to remember. And I don't like to to disparage the idea of never forgetting. You know, Um, not again, not for any specific reason that you want to turn that into. But for remembering what can happen and, and, and the evil in the world that's still there, but can manifest in these big, giant ways. And what can we do? How can we pre- be prepared? And then emergencies. I, you know, I was a trained first responder and a security director and everything. Just, I just remember leaving that industry after 17 years where that was my thought every day. Went to work, no matter how boring the job was. At any point in time, the earth could rumble. A weapon could come out. Something could go wrong, and, and a lot of times it did. I used to tell my my officers, my employees, zero to sixty in a second is what this job will be. You're walking around being a joke, a, a punchline to people as a, as a as a mall security officer. Next thing you know, you got someone with blood spurting out of their artery because they've been stabbed, and you're the first there. Like and that's was on my mind every day. So, but when I left it, and I was working over at Screen Junkies to Five Media, like the second week there. <laughs> it was a fire alarm and no one moved. And then they had to start telling everyone, we got ev- to evacuate. You know, and even in my head, I'm thinking it's probably a false alarm. I, I get that feel, but no one moved. And one of the fire escape doors was locked. And here I am leaving the security industry and I volunteered to be part of the office safety team. <laughs> and even then, there was another incident where we had to evacuate. And, uh, I go to an office. I won't say their name. They're, they're very popular YouTubers. I go, like, hey, we're going to have to go. And they're like, ah, really? We're just, ah, come on, just let us stay. I'm like, you get your asses up. And that's a that factors into my remembrance of 9-11. Lives can be saved if you're ready. Lives can, you, can be saved if you're prepared. I always look at every door and every building I'm in, you know? I think about that. That's on my mind. And then I just... Also think, too, the days after, and this is why I want it remembered. You should be solemn for the sadness and those lost. I've been down to the memorial. I made a point. My, uh, one of my trips to New York, uh, you know, I got I got to. I have to. Um, and me and Alicia Malone went down. She, she led me down there and, and, and taught me how to ride the subways. And we went down and I just like, I just had to, I just had to. And even then, as I, as I stared up, up, up above in the Freedom Tower, but also up above in just the empty space where these buildings once were, it's like, I cannot comprehend this. But I also think you need to remember for the days after, 
the days after when nothing else mattered and it was all this. And I have told the stories before of, of I, was, I was heading back home a couple of days later and driving up the coast, the 101 freeway, and just seeing sign after sign and flag after flag uh, hanging off the freeway and, and tears in my eyes. Being moved by the togetherness and... and and again, that can that can manifest in a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be flags hanging over freeways, all right? And I don't want a tragedy to make that the case. But I, I like to remember that too when I say never forget or when I remember this day. And then from there, things get messy. And then the first responders that go there don't get treated right. And the John Stewart thing uh, absolutely moved me. It was something I was mesmerized by. And kudos to, to him. Um, believed in that fully, and and, and it, it gets messy. It gets messy and messy, and then wars and decisions and elections and everything goes crazy from that. And I don't have any of those answers. I don't have any of any clarity on that. I just like to, when I, I think about this day, I go back to those moments that week. The feeling of dread of not knowing, of standing, I was working graveyards at the time and standing out uh, on what would be, what was the morning of 9 12, uh, 2 a.m. And a couple hours later, by the way, I'd, I'd, I'd be on the floor with a, my first gallbladder attack. There you go. Um, but I remember around 2 a.m. walking out, standing with a friend of mine and just hearing the F-16s, uh, the F-18s, whatever was above, jet fighters above the San Fernando Valley. No other sound, just the roar, the mighty roar of a military plane patrolling our skies and thinking, what, what, what has just happened? What is going on? But that turned to togetherness. Can that happen again? What will it take? Yep, there's some big issues out there on the table. They, they could do that. But I think it's a choice, too. I, I, I really think you have to remind yourself to go back to that spot where you feel together and feel empathy for the other people around you. And that's what that week did, again, at the cost of too many lives. So it's not a fair trade-off. But nothing mattered. But then slowly, much like when Lorne Michaels brings back SNL and Rudy Giuliani, we don't need to talk about what became of him, but in that moment, he was America's mayor. I think a great thing on, on Saturday Night Live, they, they, Paul Simon uh, sings, was it the boxer? And uh, uh, all the responders are there, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, can we be funny? You know, why start now? But it's just like, you do got to get back, right? Now we say laughter's the first thing to come back. I do believe when everything goes away, laughter is the first thing to go back. But remember, they were writing back there, is comedy dead? Is satire dead? Can we recover from this as a people? There was really serious conversations and articles. Back, remember magazines, kids? Anyways, um... And I remember reading some of them going, yeah, I don't know. Is there any point to any of this? Jokes, humor, sports, all of it. And the answer is a resounding yes. And that's what I like to remember too. That's what I like to look back on. 
sometimes when you say, hey, you know, you, you should remember 9-11, never forget it. It becomes this joke of, you know, what are you wearing? Your flag pants and saluting the sky and God and Jesus. And what do you do? I, I, I just don't get, I don't get that way. I don't get that approach to this horrible situation. You don't have to stew in the depression of it and the sadness of it. You, we all need to move on. But it serves as a reminder that all these things in life are important and you should live every day as such and pursue it as such and that you never know. Each tragedy that springs up on Twitter then fastly fades away should serve as the same reminder. The 24-second news cycle, which is was a, a, a joke a couple years ago, a uh, 24-hour news cycle. It's like 24 minutes. It's like 24 seconds. It is seriously like that now. It's crazy. I can't imagine, too. 9-11 happened. I, 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 think I, I think I just had my cell phone, my old Nikea, for a few months. If that had happened now, the, uh, the footage, I, I'm glad. Glad that we only have raw video files and footage and, and that doc and pictures that some I can't some of them I can't bring myself to see to this day and some that I'll never stop staring at. I, I'm glad that's all we have because I it would be too up front and center. But maybe that'd be a good thing. Maybe that'd be a good thing. I used to go to uh, conferences uh, for security directors of big facilities in the Los Angeles area. And John Miller, uh, formerly of ABC News, and he's held some political positions too as advisor, security advisor. He was the last American journalist to uh, go find, seek out, and interview Osama bin Laden. Went to his facility, his cave, whatever, um, recorded a video. He's the last one. He was very steeped in all that area and very and he used to do a security presentation and everything. We'd sit there uh and he would show he showed some images of nine eleven. I'll never forget. This is two thousand six. Two thousand six. He said, I, I did I I used to show these slides of nine eleven, then I they took them out because people didn't want to People didn't want to remember. It was too painful. And I had to, I respect that. And I understood that. It was too painful. It was too raw. It was too, too, too fresh. But I've discovered now that I have to put these images back in so that people will remember what happened. That was five years after. We're 18 years after. If you didn't live it and you weren't alive or you're too young and everything, that's a different thing. But learn from it. Study it. But if you were there and you experienced it, it was in you. And you experienced it in some way. Up front and center. Maybe you were in New York City. Maybe you were downtown, midtown, running with dread. Maybe you lost a family member, a friend. Maybe you experienced it like I did on the other coast. Just waking up, or actually my roommates woke up and I had not gone to sleep because I was a graveyard employee on a day off. I got to bed and my roommate Joel pulls me out. And me, him, and uh, our other roommate Casey... Our roommate Aaron, we just watched it, made the jokes like we said because we thought, and we were some of the we, the reports. Remember, it was chaotic. We thought Los Angeles was next. And that feeling of oh, what's going on in New York? What's going on in the Pentagon? What's going on in this in this field? And what Pennsylvania? What, what what's happening? Is it here? It's coming here. What's going on? Is this war? What's so the only thing you do is you make jokes, and then you learn. 
I remember that. I remember those. I remember the flags on the 101 and tears streaming down my face. And everything seemed not to matter. And then you realized at the end of it that it all matters. And we'll get through the disappointment. We'll let our passions bubble over. And we will never forget because there's lessons to be learned. And I hope you're all okay with me reflecting on that on this day. So... We're about to get on out of here. And I want to thank those that make this show possible. They support me on Patreon. A lot of folks do, but I want to thank my executive producer tier, which is Real Snacks Attack, Thomas Rizzling, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bador, Matt Thompson, Tamor, Abdul, Rafi, uh, Rafi, the uh, Buddha Brothers, uh, Donald Long, Nathan Ovendale, Zach Anderson, and my buddy Ty Schallenberger. Thanks for the support on patreon.com slash Knapsack. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being part of the Knapsack Files. There's a lot of things out there. In fact, I put a lot of them out there. I have too many shows. Get to this when you want. But I'm glad you're here to follow me on this Knapsack Files journey, which is often quieter and a little less funny than some of the other things I do. But it is me. It's, it's my raw feelings. And it's you sharing them along with me. And I'd love to hear from you. All right. So that is it from now. Uh, three things is all said and done. We'll see you next time here on the Napsack Files.